Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Kuzanski and Dave Friedman. I hope everybody's doing great. It's the weekend. <clears throat> I want to remind everybody about Sweetwater right off the bat. Make sure you guys uh, check out Sweetwater. They're a sponsor for the show. We provide a link below. So if you want to buy any gear, check out Sweetwater. Uh, it helps the show. We get a commission back on it. We really appreciate it. Also, check out uh, Record Spirits. Uh, Neil Veraldo's uh, product. So uh, he sent us some bottles. Always want to promote that for him. And so now that we got that out of the way, our next guest is fantastic. Uh, amazing musician. Uh, Gilby Clark has played with Guns N' Roses, uh, Slash's Snake Pit, uh, Colonel Parker, among others. He's got a new album coming out April 23rd. I've already heard some of the music. It's fantastic. Uh, Gilby, how are you? Thanks for coming. I'm on. great, Mark. David, happy to be here. Gonna have some fun. Cool. Thanks for coming on. And Dave, what's going on in your world? I don't know. It's like a year, <laughs> a year of pandemic. Uh, same old stuff. Uh, nothing real new. Building Wait, in. I'm fully vaccinated now. That's new. Fantastic. Oh, that's at, at full at full power too. Yeah. So, <laughs> did you do the two shot or the one? Two shot. Yeah, I'm 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 halfway. I got one, so I'm waiting for the other one. You got one. It's great. You know what? I, you know, I don't know if any if anyone wants to argue this, I I'll I'll argue it. But uh, yeah, sorry, it's going to be the way of the world, and this is what we're going to have to do to get get past this. Yeah, exactly. And like, uh, yeah. and and you know, for anyone that wants to uh, tour or work yeah. in the industry, I'm pretty sure it'll be a mandatory yeah thing. You know, I agree. You know, it's even probably probably even for that. planes, eventually, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. For if you want to travel on a plane, I think you're going to have to get vaccinated. Yeah, or out of the country, or yeah. only, you know, makes sense. So, so you know, shoot me up. Maybe I'll glow green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. I'm good <laughs> to go. <laughs> I got my first one. Also, I'm going back on the eighth. So, uh, my daughter had her second one yesterday, and she is. Down for the count today. Oh man, really? Yeah, she is death warmed over today. Yeah. What she? Uh, which one did she get? You know. Um. I thought Pfizer. it was the Moderna one, but I think it might have been the might have been the Pfizer one. Mm. Well. Well, anyway, one of, the, one of those two. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad to be getting it, and uh, well, yeah. my whole household is vaxxed then, except for my uh, uh, my younger young son. Which he yeah. can't get vaxxed yet. So yeah, yeah. So he can't, right? Ryder is not going to be able to. Well, he can't yet. They they don't do kids yet. So you know he's only ten. So um, <laughs> yeah. my he's sixteen got... year old's going to get. If it. he if he was if six years older, he would. Yeah, my yeah. sixteen year old's going to get it. Because so. in California, they're opening. Uh, as of April fifteenth, they're wide open, sixteen and above, no restrictions. So anyone can go out and get this thing. So. Yeah. It's, it's been hard in my area where I live because it's a we have a, a big population and uh, it's been really really difficult to get on all those lists and stuff. So mm -hmm. we, we were lucky. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I know I've heard the same thing from people, but hopefully touring will start happening. I'll I'll give my left nut to go see a concert at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like we're all counting on it. <laughs> I know anything at this point. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, please just get, let's get anyone get back out there. Um, but, uh, so you've been working on new stuff. Did you work on this album, uh, 
during COVID or was, was this pre COVID and you're held, held onto it? I'm just curious. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I, or fortunately, whatever, I, uh, I, the record has been done for two years. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I worked on it a long time ago. Uh, the it, We were ready to roll like right before COVID. And then the label kind of said, you know, we no one know, knows what's going to happen. So we did hold it back. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we gave it this date because at some point, you, you know, you got to get it out. Uh, you know, no, no record label wants to put a record out and not be able to tour on it you know, mm-hmm. to some dates. So that was our, our main reason. I did get some singles out before, you know, we did get some singles out. We did a video and uh, that got released, but yeah, the full length record is uh, we, we had to wait. Right. Cause you had a video with Nikki six, right? It was out in October. Well, actually Nikki was on one of the singles, but I, I did a video that um, was kind of funny. I had Slim Jim Phantom had my buddy, Tammy down uh, Teddy zigzag at keyboards. Uh, they all did cameos. They weren't in the band, but uh, you know, we did a kind of little bit of a knock on uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, is, I thought it was funny. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Cool. So the whole album will come out on the 23rd. 23rd. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so, if we can just dive right in, let's talk sure. tone. Let's talk music. Uh, so have when you recorded it, did you record it live? Did you track it live with mics and amps and all that stuff? Did you use any modeling? What, what kind, how did you approach recording the amp? To, um, I really don't change much. I am the old school of amps. You know, I, I still use real amps, real drums, real everything. I mean, we're not analog anymore. We're on Pro Tools, but... Uh, yeah, uh, kind of how I do it these days, because since it is a solo record, to me, uh, what's fun about that is I get to use different artists, different drummers, different bass players. You know, I, I everybody that is on the record accentuates the record. Like I come in with my idea. Here's my guitar part. Here's my melody. Here's what I think the song should be. But nine times out of 10, Kenny Aronoff knows what to do and I shut my mouth, you know, Stephen Perkins, I let him do whatever the hell he wants, you know? So that's what we, so we jam, we jam. And then we just start tracking it. Usually we'll get the drum tracks a keeper. My, my guitars are a scratch and, and I'll replace it later, but I still do my records the same way. I I'm like left and right guitar. I use a different guitar and a different amp on the left and a different guitar, different amp on the right. No, no matter what, I never, even though it may be a completely doubled part, I always think that the, it sounds bigger, you know, when you have a different guitar, different amp, just a different texture. I mean, it's odd yeah. as, as us guitar players, you know, yeah. we're all looking, some guys like a lot of gain, some like a little gain. I like a little gain, but, you know, I, I kind of get the same sound from, you know, the Fender Bassman to a Friedman to a Marshall. It's kind of the same. But they do sound different when they're mic'd up, you know, and through a different guitar. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, that's right. a great way to do it. Even 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 if you use the same amp and use two different guitars, like vastly different guitars, like a like a Les Paul and a, a Telecaster. Yes. So even if you use exactly the same amp with the same settings and you just doubled it, that's yeah. massively different. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I I, I kind of keep my same four twelve. Mic'd up, I like have a, like a, a ribbon mic of 57 and a Sennheiser 409. So I do play with them. Sometimes it's one mic, sometimes it's two, um, you know, but, and I usually keep the heads in the control room. I, I'm lucky enough that I have a studio in my house and, and I know everybody does, but it, it's a real one. I have a Neve board. I have a tracking room, a recording room, and uh, and I have some great old microphones, you know, some some good, good ones I've had for a long time. And 
you know, my guitars always go through a Neve, you know, I'm just, I, right. I, every record I ever loved was through a Neve, you know, so I'm, I'm just trying to do the same thing. Right. Yeah, Perfect. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Um, what kind of speakers do you have in your cabinet that you're using? You know, um, I have vintage thirties pretty much in most of my amps. Um, I do have a couple cabinets that have, uh, I actually don't know, but they were, they're called 300 watt cabinets. And, um, I found, um, oddly enough, you know, I, I did a tour with Hart one year. Mm -hmm. And um, oddly enough, like normally I'd go to like a, a JMP50 or a JCM800. I'm a 50-watt guy. And, 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 you know, that's where I start. And then I go off from there. But on that tour, I actually use uh, Blackface Basements. And uh, and it just was right for that that gig. You know, I mean, I might use like, a you know, a tube screen or something for a little more sustain. But I found that the Basements the blackface anyone sounded better through the 300 watt cabinets than he did through a vintage 30. And it just sounded like the, the, for me, the low end was tighter. Like when you just go chunk, chunk, it, 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 it didn't fart so much through a vintage 30 with that, the, the 300 watt one just was really tight and it worked with the Marshall. I like a vintage 30. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense actually. And <laughs> uh, knowing what I know, and it's just like the 300 watt cabinet is probably 70, 75 watt. Yeah. So I think you're right. Ends, yeah and or maybe 65s depending on the era of the cabinet and that's a brighter speaker it's a little more scooped but it's got a little more of a cleaner sound to it and a little more metallic sounding kind of and mm -hmm. a basement is sort of a little muddy yes cannot have the most presence in the yes. world yeah. and that kind of makes utter sense to me like i get, yeah i totally get it yeah, I, I mean, you know, Dave, what you know and what I know. <laughs> so, I, you know, for me, it's just my ear. It's like, I, you know, we're lucky enough to have some some amps and some cabinets and guitars that we can play around with things. Uh, I did a tour with uh, the MC5 with Wayne Kramer, and he plays one of those little blues DeVille amps, those little 12, uh, two, uh, two, two, 12 fender amps but they're more of a modern one that mm -hmm. kind of like a tweed something or whatever uh and, and i used my basement once again in in that thing in, in that setup too because it worked it worked against wayne when i was playing with slash in the gnr days i started with my my jmp 50 through you know marshall cabins i think they were vintage 30s at that time and as i started playing i, I started noticing that Every time like I'd hit a chord, I honestly couldn't tell who was doing what because we're both using a Les Paul and a Marshall. Right. So about like a, a, maybe a year into the tour, I, I went back to Vox AC30s, which I used to use a long, long time ago. And uh, it was during that transition period when um, Vox was, uh, 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 Korg had Vox. They still had some, I, most of the ones I had were made in England, but I did have a couple of those brand new Korg era model ones. And for me, that AC30 against Slash was exactly what I needed. I mean, I turned them all on 10, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it, it, it really helped because I was playing rhythm. You know, it's like I needed to, to be able to pick out my parts against this on an extremely loud stage, you know, it's before in-ears. So it, the AC30 for me really, really worked. Sometimes I would flip in, you know, my Marshall. I would have two 212 Vox cabinets with my Marshall through it. it. They were never mic'd up, but it was just for me because some stages just didn't sound good. I need a little more oomph, you know, so I'd throw the Marshall in. But I always had just two AC30s mic'd up every night. Wow. Yeah. And and 
and you were using a Les Paul also still? Most the of the time was a Les Paul. I did play Telecasters, but you know, it was uh, back when we had to route, you know, the, the pickups out because I would put a Seymour 59 in the, in the lead pickup and the, uh, you know, just whatever stock was in the, the rhythm pickup. Right, right, right. Right, right. Sure. That's cool. Very cool. We got a uh, super chat from more guitars. Thanks so much for the super chat to each of you. If you could only have one guitar and only wow. one amp, what would it be? Colossal episode guys love every minute. Oh, thank you. Really appreciate it. One guitar and one amp. Does this have wow. to be stuff we own or can it be anything? <laughs> well, let's, let's just go anything. Um, <laughs> anything. I think if, for me, I think if I had to have one, you know, it'd be, you know, a, a Les Paul and, and like I said, like a, a GMP 50, you know, I can always make that work, you know. Uh, I have a Plexi 50. That would be Ooh. my holy, holy grail oh. Oh. Of, of amps. Um, the guitar, you know, I'm, I'm like thinking to myself and uh, that's a tough one. I don't really have much in the way of vintage stuff. I mean, I would say a 59 Les Paul, but hey. Don't <laughs> yeah. um, we don't have them in our closet. <laughs> but to be honest, to be honest, I was never a Les Paul guy. So I was more of a Tele Strat or hot rotted Strat or humbucker in a Strat kind of guy, you know. So, you know, to be honest, I, I, I still, I mean, we, well, I make guitars now, but uh, the, I still have a, like a road worn, black road worn Strat that I have here. Fender road worn that has a humbucker in the bridge and stuff. And I still, that's still one of my favorite guitars I have. Yeah. So of course all the pickups are different now. Exactly. Isn't it amazing how the things you had back then still resonate with you today? You know, it's like you still, yeah, it's just not, I'm not totally, I, you know, I do have one uh, Les Paul type guitar and it's a Bernie actually. It's a Bernie Les Paul, a uh, black beauty kind of thing. In fact, Barry, a mutual friend has it right now. And the, that guitar is pretty stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that one. Yeah. For me, I would, uh, wait, wrong arm. I would take <laughs> that, that Wolfgang <laughs> right there. I'd keep, I'd keep that and my BE 100. So uh, nice. that, that would be enough for me. Cause I, 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 I kind of need the wiggle stick a little bit. So yeah, it's a it's that this is a tough one though. This is a tough one. So you know, like if I had to list things that I want to keep, it yeah. would be everything I own right now. So yeah. <laughs> so, so my uh, my my blue copper top AC thirty, oh, which you've God. seen oh, and played yes, through. Yes, yes uh, and um, my uh, Plexi fifty, of course. Mm-hmm. I recently acquired. Um, and you know, this was more of an impulse buy because I had an opportunity to do it. I, I acquired Mike Landau's old 1987 SLO 100 in red. Really? Um, yeah, serial number 13, which is also my birth Ooh. date. Wow! <laughs> so I I was kind of like, I think I have to buy this. I didn't <laughs> I didn't need it by any shape of imagination, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think I needed to do it, so I did it. <laughs> and don't uh, and, regret you know, it. And then, and then uh, you know, I also recently behind me is the blonde, uh, uh, brown faced bandmaster. Yeah, I saw that. I, I saw that. <laughs> and you know, if you know anything about those, oh, yeah. it has the crazy univibe like tremolo. Yeah, that's an incredible that's just, tremolo. Like, incredible. 
Yeah. So. I, I'm a, I have a um, 62 Brown Deluxe that I bought, you know, when I was a kid and thank God I, I didn't trade it. But uh, <laughs> on the early GNR records, that's what I used, you know, for, for the tracks that I did. I used a Brown Deluxe. I would sometimes put like a Tube Screamer, a Marshall Blues break in there for a little more sustain. Slash the Snake Pit, the whole record is that Brown Deluxe. I, I use it uh, like for solos, like on my, 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 my own stuff. But man, I, I will run it through a Marshall cabinet. You know, it, rather than the single speaker, mm -hmm. it just gets so much bigger. You know, with through a mm -hmm. Marshall cabinet, but that brown deluxe, like I, I love the, I love the Fender stuff. The cream stuff in the brown is, oh, it's it's dreamy. <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, Sir came out with a the ombre, which is a basically a replica of the brown, brown deluxe. Brown deluxe. Yeah. yeah. Really? Oh, I did, I did yeah. not know this. What is it yeah, called? Yeah. The ombre. Wow. Like Trace Ombres from Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. From ZZ. Yeah. From yeah. ZZ yeah, I've yeah. had many conversations with Billy about my Brown Deluxe. He saw it one time and thank God it's still here. He almost took it. <laughs> <laughs> he has a habit of stealing can things. I, can you know? I buy that from you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the the Sir is really nice. Uh wow. nice replica of it. Yeah. Um, we've got a uh super chat from Rockstar Prepper. Gilby <laughs> is Okay. Would you play at our wedding? We would pay you to play it for our wedding. <laughs> but, but wait, we would pay you what to if, play our wedding. What is the five dollars for? Is that the pay? <laughs> That's the pay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did I get a raise? <laughs> wow. I don't know about other people, but generally speaking, like it depends on the fee that was involved here on on, on what sort of. Uh, Yes or no. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 2021, man. We've done a lot of gigs in our days, man. And uh, I, man, they just keep getting stranger and stranger. So, you know, I'm know. sure you have done several like corporate things with a mm -hmm. couple of the bands that you've been with that are big oh, yeah. birthday parties or big something parties for some yeah. chic or something. Or Yeah, we've done a, quite a few of those where you fly a very, very long, long yeah. way for one show, man. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, the, uh, yeah, with like what uh, Kings of Chaos, Kings or of Chaos, yeah, Kings of Chaos, Kings of Chaos and, and Royal Machines. They're yeah. they're two different bands, but they're kind of the same guys, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all Matt Sorum. Usually yeah, yeah. Uh, Kings of Chaos is really Matt Sorum's driven, and Royal Machines is uh, Billy Morrison and Dave Navarro. I basically mm -hmm. come in when Dave Navarro is not available. It's actually uh, myself and Steve Stevens uh, will kind of mm -hmm. you know fill around or something yeah. both of you. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, Kings of Chaos is great because we have like uh, Steven Tyler and Robin Zander, who is like my hero singer. And mm -hmm. Billy Gibbons does a lot of those shows too, which, yeah. you know, yeah. as a guitar player, just sit there and watch him. It, it, it's heaven. Yeah, Didn't I saw you uh, Warren Martini do some couple of Warren them did or? some recently. And, you yeah. know, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I, I've known Warren for a long time, but I actually did not really know him well. And we had a lot of fun because we were the only two guitar players. And uh, yeah. I got to play all those rat songs, which, you know, I've only yeah. heard. I never knew how to play. Yeah. And, um, you know, Warren's such a sweetheart and such an incredible player. I mean, yeah. he, he's complete opposite of, like, what I do. And But it yeah. really worked. Like, I was I was having so much fun playing with him. It was really interesting. Yeah, I saw a little bit of footage of some of that, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, you know, watching Warren do what Warren does is just yeah. you know, mind-blowing. He plays loud. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. But, was you know, I'm pretty loud, too, Dave. <laughs> was he playing a Soldano? 
He uh, was no, he was playing. Uh, he had I don't remember. You know, I think it was a JCM 900, is what it was. Hmm. Yeah, I think well, so. It was 100 watts, wasn't it? Probably it was rental. What? rental. I think so. it was a rental. Yeah, yeah, I uh, think it was yeah, yeah. or a loan. Somebody loaned it to him. I think is what mm. it was. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. You know what I use, Dave? Your amp, your pink taco, man. That has been my travel amp for like how many four, four or five years now. At least, I, right? I, or maybe I longer. I love that thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I have a blow it up my, every once in a while but we yeah yeah, yeah it does come back sometimes <laughs> well he's playing it on 10 all the time too you gotta realize time, yeah <laughs> but what i love about it is uh you know it looks i do it the opposite where i turn the master all the way up and, yeah and, you know I, I you know it's funny on my marshall i do it the opposite but what i love about it number one is is the tone but number two the weight because i travel so much and you know now the weight restrictions are 50 pounds so try and take an amp in a case for 50 pounds you know it's, it's impossible you can do it with that one yeah exactly and and uh, you know i don't like uh i don't like when they give me my amp back in the monitor you know i i just want my vocal and some drums in the monitor like i want to hear what's coming from the cabinets and and that amp does a really good job where i can still play a big stage you know like i'm playing with steve stevens warren Martini. i'm i'm just using that amp and, and it's fantastic mm -hmm. that's great cool uh, we got a question. Stay curious. Do you, Mo D Dave and Mark, have a JJ in the background? Yes, I, I knew someone was going to catch that. Uh, yes, we do. What is the JJ? Uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry Cantrell. Cantrell. Um, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. The app. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, the baby one, the twenty watt version of it. Mm -hmm. What's the difference, Dave, of that in in the pink taco? It has two channels. It has a clean channel, oh. um, and it uh, has a presence knob. And um, I mean, a few other little features, but it's not hand wired. Uh, it's a little brighter than a taco is. The taco mm -hmm. has a little, a little bit of a roll off, which is kind of sweet. Um, similar though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird because you're like, yeah, you have to, Jerry's amp's a little heavier sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know he's he's it's a yeah. bigger sound. Like you have that three position switch, but I keep it yeah. in the middle. Or it doesn't work. Like well, that, again, you're you're using that amp more like a plexi or something. So you're yes. cranking the 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 master and then just yeah. bringing the other one up till you like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love so, it. I love it. It's great. That, that worked fine. That's that's cool that way. That's great. Uh, Rummy, thanks for the super chat. Gilby, how do you put together parts to support the band? Do you think about songs you know as the beginning point? Do you ever get the evil eye from Slash for pushing too far with GNR? That's funny. How do you put together parts? Wow, interesting. Well, for the GNR, uh, for GNR, it was really simple. I, you know, I, I, when I joined the band, the band was already, you know, big, and I basically, you know, took ninety-five percent of what Izzy did and just made it my own. And, you know, Slash was great about that. You know, he said, look, I don't want you to, you know, the, the, there are parts that are important, but I don't want you to, you know, to get bored out there, you know, so, do, you know, make it yours. And I did. And as shows went on, you know, I did make Izzy's parts my, my own. But the good thing is we were both, you know, rhythm guitar players. So, you know, we, we both had a lot of similarities. So it wasn't that hard. In, in other bands, it just, it just depends. Like, it, it's... It, I'll tell you a quick one. It's interesting. Uh, you know, doing Kings of Chaos uh, with Steve Stevens or Royal Machines with him. Um, for the longest time, uh, it, we were doing Rebel Yell, and I kind of did my version of it of like, you know, I mean, Steve's Steve, you know, and I would just kind of play rhythm. So one day I asked him, I go, 
what do you want me to play? And he showed me, I go, wait, isn't that what you're playing? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, that's what I want you to play. <laughs> where, where I'm used to as, you know, when there's two guitars, you know, we're both doing different. It's like a Stones kind of thing. You know, do that. If you're the lead player slash, I'm going to accentuate what, what you're doing, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting you know, with Steve, like he just wanted one big guitar. His part was was the song, you know. Right, right, right. So it's a, every every project is different. And, and to me, you just got to be ready. You got to be ready. You know, like if you are the lead guitar player, you have that freedom. But if you are the rhythm guitar player with Steve or Billy Gibbons, and Bill's great. Billy gives you a lot of room. You know, he's like, do whatever you want. You know, and I'll, I'll wave my hanky at you when it's time to solo. You know, so <laughs> everything's different. Awesome. Uh, Patrick Miller. Thanks for the super chat. Just found the show. Love it. I've heard Dave mention in passing that he has considered releasing his take on a favorite AC30. Ooh. I haven't been able to find one I like. Please do it. Thanks. Funny, I was just having a discussion about this today oh. <laughs> with someone. Uh, yeah, that's coming eventually. Oh, yeah? I, I, I got to tell you, Dave, around, I'm, right? I'm a big Vox guy, and uh, I love that Korg uh, Vox. Like I said, it was like 91, 92, where they had a rectifier tube. Yeah. I, I have a couple of them, and I love, I love that thing. I love it. I mean, is it anything like that? <laughs> no, it'll be more like my blue one. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like the old, part of the old one. The yeah. Part of the classic series that you were talking about? Yeah. A, a kind of a vintage series of stuff, oh, like an old jam, you know, like an old uh, Plexi kind of thing and, a, and an AC30 kind of thing, but done really, really accurately and right. Wow. So you don't have to buy an old one. You can have it, buy a new yeah, one. It's an yeah. old one. You know what I mean? Well, also, I got to tell you, here, here's another thing. When it, when I was playing with AC30s, you know, we had, I, I had nine stacked and I had to have two working a night. I had 15 AC30s on the road to keep two working a night because they blew up all the time. They just, I, I, I don't know what it was, but man, I, my, my, my poor tech what, what was a Vox repairman at that time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just how they're, they're running the tubes on the edge of destruction. Yeah. And um, they just burn the tubes out. Yeah. You know? I also heard that there's something about the, 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 the board would like heat up or something. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. true. In those, in those era amps, yeah, there's some issues with that, uh, the construction. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ted Fur, um, thanks for the super chat. Uh, there's no question if I missed it, please let me know, but I appreciate it. That will uh, help go to the show. Um, Alex Masano Music, thanks for the super chat. Gilby, any go to amp combinations when you were recording the upco upcoming album? Thanks to all you guys. Um, on this record, I, I had a lot of fun. I was going for a different sound. I actually wasn't going for big. Most of the record, I have a I have a '59 Junior, completely original, uh, original pickups, original everything. Mm. Most of the left guitar is uh, my my JMP '50 through that Junior, no pedals, no nothing. And on the other side was always combinations. Usually, I would use my uh, that uh, the, the the Korg era. Vox or the uh, the Brown Deluxe. It, sometimes it was a Tele, sometimes it was a Les Paul, 
whatever. But I, I, I like that combination of, of the Marshall and the Vox. To me, that's the perfect combination of, of you know, left and right for me, yeah. you know, playing. Like I said, most of my stuff is very classic rock. You know, it's not that heavy. I mean, I always, when I'm doing my side, you know, I'm thinking Bad Company or Early Kiss. You know, I like, mm-hmm. I, I like those kind of sounds. Yeah, sure. Right, right. Yeah. And that and that's a beautiful combination. AC thirty and a and an old Marshall. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Now is your fifty nine yeah. junior, is that a, a humbucker or a P ninety? No, it's a P ninety. Yeah, it's a double I'm sorry, double cutaway P ninety. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and, and I got it gotta tell you, it's a great one. It's clean, it's good, it plays well, it stays in tune. It does kind of squeal a little when you get a little loud, but uh, you know, there's yeah, like sometimes I'm like on this position, like in the corner of the room, where it doesn't squeal, but that but and man, buzz. Yeah, exactly. But man, <laughs> so it's like find good. the quiet spot that doesn't buzz. Okay, exactly, wait, wait, wait exactly. let me move around. Yeah. Okay. Well, I gotta lay on my back on the floor. <laughs> upside down. <laughs> upside down. <laughs> That'd be perfect then. <laughs> i mean that is the, the actually that is the deal i mean it like, is the deal you if you've ever the had room, one. and yeah. then you realize you turn the guitar upright and you realize <laughs> oh there's the quiet spot there so, it is. Wait. it's gone <laughs> uh, if i lay on my back will that be okay and then you realize when it's down at the floor that's not the quiet spot <laughs> <laughs> so true so true <laughs> i just got a uh a newer gibson sg jr with a P90, I love it. Ah, I really love it. Yeah, Aren't they really, great? Yeah, yeah, really, really good. It's just so. I I'd never played a guitar with a P90 before. Ah, uh, I I actually just got uh, recently, uh, not that one, but I got the an SG with two P90s, uh, fairly a new new Gibson, and I I I liked it. But knowing what I knew about P90s, I actually swapped them out for the Seymour Duncan P90s, which weren't hot rodded really. They're kind of the same thing, but they were just a little bit thicker you know not louder but just a little thicker than than, than the gibson ones hmm. yeah. oh now you got me thinking <laughs> Sorry. oh god well, i get you i could send you down a path of hell there exactly there's there's other choices too <laughs> there's also the, there's also the, the lindy frailin p90 right the well well that's great if you want a hum canceling p90 ever that's fantastic uh-huh. actually if you if you need to have a hum canceling p90 uh-huh. lindy makes probably the best okay um if you uh uh but my friend in detroit motor city pickups wade who's been on the show mm-hmm. also makes a fantastic p90 set that uh just traditional you know style uh-huh. p90 set that just uh okay what i can't i can't remember the name he came up with these uh, sh- mm, can't remember the name mm-hmm. but man awesome oh wow yeah, yeah you know sometimes i mean look i'm a, I'm a big gibson guy but sometimes the, the there's pickups can be inconsistent. You know, it's like sometimes yeah. I'll get a, a brand new Les Paul and it's fantastic. I don't touch anything. And then I'll get another one. It's the same exact guitar. And it's like, oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> you know. but granted, the this new Gibson. Like crap. Exactly. You know, it, it looks like the same guitar. But I mean, granted, the new Gibson, you know, things are changing and they're really, yeah. you know, kind of taking yeah. care of business right now, which is very yeah. nice. That's good. Yeah. yeah th- thankfully. Uh, Rockstar Pepper Prepper. Another question. Dave, I have a BE100 Deluxe. What other amp of yours would complement it but be different when tracking two amps like Gil- Gilby mentioned earlier? Um, 
Well, that's very different. Um, I would uh, Dirty Shirley, maybe, or the Twin Sister, which is just a double channel version of the of that. Now, uh, that would be definitely different sounding. Um, still in the vein of the other amp, but it's definitely like a fatter, more JTM forty five e kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. He also has an additional question. Thanks for more. <laughs> Or wait, oh. <laughs> eventually when the vintage amps come out, those will be also good options. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a big EL84 guy. Like I said, I love the Voxes. And what I love about that pink taco is those EL84s. Mm, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Something about them. Oh, this is – so you guys may not be familiar with this, but uh, <laughs> in the GNR days, we did a, a video for uh, – uh, it was live in Tokyo. And – um. I, I didn't really do it like everybody like slash had a solo segment. Matt had a solo segment and I, I just thought it was stupid for me to st set up there and do a guitar solo segment with slash, you know? So I, I, I came up with an idea of, I did this thing called with wild horses where, you know, we would just kind of play a little bit together. Then we go into it and slash would like do the melody. Well, but in, in the Tokyo video of it, Axel introduces me as the man with a new Corvette and it's a true story. I actually traded Duff a shirt for a Corvette. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> so what kind of shirt? That, it's, I mean, exactly. It's a shirt. <laughs> but <laughs> he used to borrow it from me all the time, you know, and stuff, but I wouldn't give it to him. I kept saying, let me have that shirt. Let me have it. I go, no, it's my shirt. You can't have it, you know. But I, so I used to drive him to rehearsal because, you know, Duff was a bit of a drinker in those days. And uh, and I you know, I had a '65 Mustang, you know, and it was you know I wouldn't say it's a clunker, but it's not a brand new car. And he used to always say, "Dude, you need a new car." And I'm like, "I don't, I don't need a new car. I love my Mustang and stuff." So one day he came to me with a proposition. He goes, "Look, you need a new car." And we had just done three dates in Tokyo, and, and the band you know made some coin. So he goes, "I'll tell you what, I'm going to buy you a new car if you trade me for that shirt." <laughs> and of course, what was I going to say? I traded it for the shirt. <laughs> so, took it off your back and gave it to him. <laughs> yeah, I took it on my back and go, you can have it. I never need to see it again. But anyway, <laughs> that night, Axel introduced me as the man with the new Corvette. So, you know, there are some GNR fans that always call me the man with the new Corvette. That's awesome. I don't have the vet anymore. I have no idea what happened to it. I mean, I've gone through 10 cars since then. <laughs> <laughs> right, since 92, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and he wants to know, what was your most intense moment on stage with you? Oh, intense. I intense. Wow. Um, I, I got to tell you, for, for, you know, once again, you know, I joined an extremely successful band. You know, I, I, I felt, you know, look, I, you know, I, I, I earned what I earned to get to that point. But it's Guns N' Roses. It's, it's their band. But there was a moment when we played the Rose Bowl in Los Angeles and it was right before I was doing my, my wild horses thing where I actually come out by myself and no matter what, there's nothing like standing in front of 80,000 people and playing. And, you know, it just, it, it really is just magical. You know, whether you're singing, playing bass, guitar, drums or whatever, it's like, mm -hmm. there was a moment where Rose Bowl, like I sat up there and I actually went like, <sighs> okay, all right, <laughs> let's move on. But I took a moment to really enjoy it, you know, and, you know, thank God, you know, when I got that gig, I was 30 years old. I'd been around. I wasn't a, you know, a 21 year old kid who had no idea what was going on. So, you know, I, I knew that it was a special moment and, and I did take it in. That's great. That's good that you also had the wherewithal to be able to take that in and enjoy it, you know, as opposed to being like overwhelmed or with emotion or whatever you can 
really yeah yeah you know like i said there's like we all can deal with all that a lot of different ways and stuff but you know you get to a for me it got to a point where i've been in a lot of bands i've been in a lot of signed bands it's like that you know look i didn't take it for granted this is their band you know i'm happy to be here but i'm gonna enjoy this moment you know it's important yeah why not yeah Yeah, sure sure yeah absolutely um we've got one more i think this is a mistake Because this, oh, I know what this is. <laughs> this, this is, I think, Warren's Magic Marshall. No, 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 it's mine. George it's talks, yeah, George talks oh. about. It. So George was doing, um, uh, he was doing these guitar like uh, online clinics or something, and and I, I did a couple with him, and uh, he did a couple at my studio, and I have a. It's so funny because to me, my best amp is I have like a JMP fifty, like I had forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I have a JCM 800 that was the early versions of them, which is, I guess, a JMP 50. And it's a 50-watt JCM, but George played through it and did the whole thing through it. And he is like, this is the best Marshall I've ever heard. But <laughs> if you know George, <laughs> you I've know, heard he this loves, a million times. He, <laughs> yeah, he loves everything, <laughs> you know, which I'm happy. Look, I love George. He's one of the sweetest human beings in the world. But he always said, I've got you guys, sell me that amp. I go, I'm, I'm not going to sell you the amp. <laughs> I go, it's not my, he's not even my favorite amp. But, I, you know, when you get a good one, you, you, you keep it, you know, and stuff. But so anyway, George always says, the best Marshall I've ever heard. But, I'm sure we've all heard George say that. I've heard, I've heard that story a million times, and there's the same story about him trying to steal Warren D. Martini's Marshall. In <laughs> there, fact, you he did there you go. One day, he took it out of his house. Wow! And got away with it, and then and then like Warren calls me, he goes, "Did you take my amp?" <laughs> and I gotta watch him closely. George, this, all, this all makes sense knowing George. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you no, know. You know what's interesting is uh, I actually just uh, one of my hobbies is I, I, I work on motorcycles. I have a, a shop in, in my garage where I actually build like I weld and, and uh, I make oh, wow. I make parts. I have a, a, a South Bend lathe, a mill, and and it's just something. Uh, it's a, it's a hobby for me, but I enjoy it. But I just finished building George a bike from from the ground up. Oh, and cool! He, he came to me and he says, "I want a desert Mad Max racer." that's been sitting in a barn for a hundred years. I go, can you send me some examples? <laughs> he goes, no, 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 we have to, you, you'll, you'll get it, you'll get it. So he basically wanted an, a, a new bike and he wanted it to have like knobby tires and all that so he could take it on, on these camping trips and everything, but he wanted it rusted, like really relict and, and, mm-hmm. and, and rusted over. So I did, I rusted every piece that was metal and I had to explain to him how you can't rust aluminum because <laughs> he wanted everything rusted. But uh, I had our, my good friend Billy Rowe, who does rock and roll relics, yeah. actually did the paint job on the tank and fender. He did a like I said, it looks like an old Ford, you know, but it's all rusted. But it's it's a, a 2002 Harley. But I just finished it for George. He loves it. Have wow. you seen his like camper thing? Oh, of course, like, his <laughs> commando vehicle. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> It's so great. It's, it's so, so great. great. Like it's he goes, so great. it can go anywhere and it's solar and exactly. And Wi Fi and he can and Wi Fi. And, and, and it's like, it pulled up to my shop the other day with it. And I'm just like, it's so cool. It's so great. Of course, he goes to gigs I'm now. I'm sure that cost you like a uh, hundred thousand oh dollars for that yeah, thing. Yeah, at least a little bit more now. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. He's a he's a wonderful character, and boy, can he play guitar, man! <laughs> We've had him on the show. Yeah, he's he's 
<laughs> He's funny. A new, a new grandpa, too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And also funny, I've known his daughter. I think he started bringing her around when she was like 14 or something. Oh, wow. I remember her wow. sitting in the car or coming into my shop, you know, like, and it's like I've just known her for years. I like, wow. watched her grow up kind of. It's, it's almost like. Yeah, grown oh, woman now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's uh, she's really nice. She, and she's married her, to Richie, Richie Faulkner. Faulkner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are married or? I don't know. Sorry, married, they're, they're am I married? Uh, no, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, Richie, did Richie marry? Yes. George, he, he, they did get oh, married. You know, I, you know, I honestly, you know, I, I, don't, I actually or don't they know. were getting married. married. Or yeah, they, yeah, I, I don't know. I know they had a child. But, yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, either way, they make a good couple. And they moved to Nashville and they got a place in Nashville. So that's cool. Um, you have a daughter. Yeah. Right. Gilbert? Yes, I have a daughter. She's 26. Um, she sings and plays guitar. She has a band called Frankie and the Studs. She just got a, a a deal, and she just put out her first single, and she has another one come up. Her band's called Frank. Did I say it? Frankie and the Studs. Really good. Kind of like a Joan Jett kind of Green Day, you know, punk rock mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's it's wonderful to watch her do this. And she's singing, or is she playing? She sings and plays guitar. Yeah, she likes oh, Telecasters. Okay. I got her a Joe Strummer Telly, and she loves the thing. You know, yeah. That's fantastic. She plays um, Voxes like Vox uh, AC15, and and she keeps stealing. I have uh, you know the Marshall hand wired 18, you know the 112. She keeps yeah. stealing it from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. I'd love if my my kids played guitar. So that that's kind of a dream. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. It actually is really yeah. fun, and she's good. Like I mean, you know, she looks at she's more like a Joan Jett, like you know, plays rhythm stuff, but she can play everything. It's it's really fun. That's cool. Yeah, um, I mean, we know through Pete Thorne and stuff, Brittany, who's a friend. Oh, there you go. She's good, good friends, friends with Frankie. With yeah, 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 good friends with Frankie. Yeah. Um, I heard a story that with GNR's recent uh, reunion that you were going to be part of that, or you were asked to be part of that, but you didn't because your daughter had a gig or something that was very important for your daughter. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they they asked me to be a, a guest. Uh, a guest at, at one of the shows and it just happened to be the day that I was in Chicago with my daughter. She, her band was playing Lollapalooza and, uh, and, and I mean, look, it was great that they asked me to, to come play with them. I just go, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And I'm not against it. I just can't do it today. <laughs> you know, I go, I'm, right. I'm her roadie. <laughs> she, she could do the show with them. Well, she could do it without me, but, uh, but I wanted to be there. I, I just thought it was important to see him play at Lollapalooza and uh, course, it, yeah. it, it was really important. And, you know, and I, and I told him, I said, you know, the, pick another day, but there was never another day. So well, that's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. more important. It Maybe it in the future. Make the right choice. Yeah. What's that, Dave? Maybe in the future. If it's just, I, I played enough GNR songs for my day. I'm okay. They're doing fine. They're doing great. That's cool. Yeah. We had uh, Richard Fortas on also. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Good dude. Really good dude. Uh, Ted Fur. Oh, this this must have been your question. Sorry, you had to pay twice, man. Um, just curious about the song "Cure Me or Kill Me." Was that a song that you wrote relatively fast, or did it take some time and thought? Killer song. Thanks, Ted. Right on, Ted. What's interesting about that song is my first solo record, Pawn Shop Guitars, was a record that I, I had been writing for like the last five years before. I made it, you know, it was uh, the music I had a band before I got to GNR gig. Uh, so 
when I got the GNR gig, I, obviously I was busy. And when it was time to make that record, it was a collection of songs I had for a long time. And going in to make the record, the, the label, which was Version, uh, you know, we're very happy. They're like, oh, yeah, we're good. Got one more song. And, you know, that thing, you always need one more song. And actually, Cure Me or Kill Me was the last song that I wrote for the record. And it did happen really fast. It was just, it was kind of the influence of being in GNR for like the last, you know, like three or four years. And, uh, you know, being in that and musically, like where my head was at. So it was the last song that I wrote going into that, that record. And naturally, when I went to record it, um, you know, Slash, uh, I, I made the record right after the GNR tour. So I was kind of the first one that was doing something. So every day, Slash and Matt and, and actually Duff was on tour, were at my studio every single day because they had somewhere to go, you know? So like I, I ended up having all the guys on the record out of convenience, really. But uh, Slash mm -hmm. did a fantastic solo on that song. Awesome. Yeah, great player. Uh, Dave, here's a super chat question for you. Will Armitage. <laughs> Any advice on how to leave Michigan and forge a new path? Here, stay where you are. Yeah, I agree. Because here's the thing, man. I, well, I don't know where in Michigan you are, but I mean, if you're in the Detroit area, definitely stay there. Mm -hmm. I, I think you have a more cool scene going on than uh, anywhere I can think of right now, to be honest. And um, surely don't come here. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, this, this is like dead. I mean, I mean, this, this is like not a non-scene. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like you, many you think scenes. it's music, music central, but yeah, okay, people rehearse and the bands leave from here yeah. and, and this and that, and a lot of them live here, but but other than that, forget it. Yeah. Forget it, man. It's and, not and, and, and honestly, Dave, you're right. You have a better chance of taking your band in Michigan and making it bigger there than you have a better chance of moving to LA or yeah, New York and, and, and making your band. You know, absolutely. Just, absolutely. And, 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 and you got a good scene. I wouldn't even know. In fact, yeah. I'll move there. How's that? I, I think some musicians get, cause it, they get worried that, you know, there's no, in, you know, there's no music industry people like in Detroit or Cleveland or Kansas city, but that, but that's not true. A good band is a good band. A good song is a good song. And if you got something that's happening and, and worth it, they'll find you. Believe me, even if you have a Facebook page, you have one great song, they'll find you, man. Yeah, they but, you. you know, how much industry is there left? Well, that's true, you know, too. You know, I mean, like, music industry, like Steve Lukather said, it. there's no business like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no business <laughs> you know and uh um i think there's a new model that will come into fruition even more so after this pandemic i think mm -hmm. and and i think it's about time because surely getting signed to a, a major label at this point in time is probably just a bad thing for a young yeah. band. You know, yeah. You know, my, my, once my daughter's 26 and like I said, she has a band and she's been offered a couple major label record deals. And as a parent, I would not let her sign those deals because the deals they're offering artists NAR now are not what they were offering us back then. Yeah. I mean, they want everything. And they yeah, don't they deserve want a piece it. Of you, they want publishing. They yeah. want publishing. They want all that stuff, right? They want everything. They want merch. Yeah, if, if you if you act in a in a commercial, they want their cut, and it's an unrealistic cut too. Yeah, it's you don't hmm. need them. That's the greatest thing about what's happening now is if you do have something to offer, you can get it out. 
You know, yeah. you really can't get it out there. You just got to be really creative because there's a lot of great creative people out there right now. You know, now you got to out creative, <laughs> you know, that's, and that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, before I get to the next uh, bunch of oh, super we got chats, lots of super chats. We got a lot of super chats. I want to make sure everybody knows to please press subscribe and click the bell. Uh, that would be great if everybody can subscribe, whoever's watching. And also, again, check out Sweetwater. Uh, we provide a link, and uh, that provides some kickback to the show. We appreciate it. And you'll get candy. You get candy, exactly. Yes, after, after you order, you will get candy. And, and in fact, one, you know, here's something you can know, too. You can actually specify which kind of candy you get with your, really? your, with, no with your guy. So, like, if you like a certain kind, uh, um, you, if you got a good relationship with your sales guy, you can kind of wow. make sure you don't. Like I like those little atomic fireballs that come oh, with those, good, those things. You know, like, <laughs> it's like uh, for a while there when they would send me something, it was like all those and nothing <laughs> else. And I'm like, then they forgot after a while. But you know, but you know, um, it's good to have a choice. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Free and, candy, and then the the sales guy can call you every once in a while and yeah. check in. You know, um, that doesn't no, happen are, with me. <laughs> yeah, well, not with you, but yeah, they call me. With uh, me. No, so I, I, I get, I get our friend Robert, and then, uh, uh, yeah, no one calls me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll buy. Don't worry. But <laughs> uh, Matt White, Supernova was my first oh. concert at the Myth in Minnesota. Gilby's tone was great. <laughs> we'll never forget it. What amps and pedals were you using on that tour? Wow. That was uh, that was fun. I had these. Uh, we were going for uh, this is a band with Tommy Lee and Jason Newstead, but uh, uh, Johnny Colt did the tour on bass. The very when like LEDs were just getting big, and we had this big, huge LED backdrop, and I had Vista Light cabinets. <laughs> so they were wood on the outside, Whoa. but the front and back were Vista Light. And I had vintage thirties in them, and it, it. So here's what it did to them. It made uh, it made it had a lot of low mids, is is what it had. But you know, I was mic'd up pretty close. I had a, like a, a ribbon mic. We were on ears then. Uh, but I was using a matchless. I had a uh, the uh, the DC thirty, mm -hmm. which I used the, the Marshall channel, which is odd because you know, I'm a Vox guy, but I, I used the Marshall channel. And, and that's why I was using it. And nothing. I think I had a couple pedals, like maybe a tube screamer in a Wawa. It's actually not the Marshall channel. Actually, the the side with the normally Q. You mean? Yeah, yeah. The first yeah, like so if that, there's that, two. That, I that's use actually that's actually the top boost channel. Well, that's a standard <laughs> top boost from a Vox. It's so funny you say that because I've been talking to Phil after that, and I go, "Why do?" First of all, the amps are very expensive. I go, "I don't need that other part." And he made the Avalon. Because I kept saying, I just want a one-channel version. So now yeah. I have the Avalon, and I love yeah. it. It's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, great. Killer amp. It's just very heavy. You know, it's it's hard to take out on, you know, these fly dates, you know. that they're, It's so heavy. Yeah. But anyway, that, that that's what it was. I was using Matchless. And like I said, I'm not a big pedal guy. I really have a couple. I have like a, like a you know, Tube Screamer. I love that Soul Food, food that's out. And uh, sometimes I'll have a delay, like one delay, like a carbon copy or, or something in a walk. And that's really all I ever use. Simple, basic. Yeah. What kind of rock, rock and roll? What kind, kind of what? Simple, walk. basic uh, rock well, and roll. The, 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 thank you. But the best one I like is I love the T-Swa. 
Mm. The teas. Yeah. Mm. I, I like that one a lot. That's, that's, that's a really nice, I have a, because once again, I do so many fly dates and I don't always have my tech. So I always have to have the light. on the wall. So when you walk out of stage, you know that, that it's on or off. So I had them put a, that led light on there, but I've been using the exotic effects one recently just because it's a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's on, I like, uh, you know, it's my pedal board. Now I have that new pedal train, um, power thing so it's like it's all on batteries right have you ever seen those they they yeah. you, you you charge it and it lasts for like three hours so basically my, my wah the fuzz pedal and the delay and a tuner is, is all on uh, that right. thing you know so i don't ever have to plug in i do a lot of international dates and uh so you know the power thing like dave thank you you on my pink taco you made the uh, 220 thing yeah. for me which uh helps so much i bet i bet um, so on the, on the pedal, on the pedal board itself, you're using mm-hmm. the, the fuzz and it runs through battery. So is, is that kind of, well, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it, like I said, they have, it's, I don't know what they call it, but it's made by pedal. Oh, Volto. It's called a Volto. So it's a, a power supply. And so mm-hmm. everything just plugs into that thing. It's a power supply. That's a wire. It's, it's a, you charge the power supply. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I charge it at sound check, the power supply, and then it lasts all, all night. It'll charge the pedals, but it's yeah. like battery power rather than plugging in, you know, to, you know it's, it's really good for, um, small boards and like, exactly. you know, like that have three, four things on them, you know, and that's all I have. Cool like I said, that. I did yeah. three or four pedals. That's it. interesting. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's great. Once again, I do a lot of travel sometimes and most of the time it's international travel and you start plugging things up and buzzes and, and all that, this, and I can, you know, I have the tech that's there. It's like, here's what I got is a pedal, a Friedman into a couple Marshall cabinets and I'm good to go. Right. Killer. Um, Stuart Rose. Thanks for the super chat. Thanks for the show and gear geekery. Uh, I just built a four on the floor mini board, guys. What would be your four pedals of choice to get your tones? Four pedals of choice. Oh. Well, we just heard Gilby's. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mark. Uh, what do you got? <laughs> uh, my four. Um, well, I would go DD500 for delay. Nice. Uh, for, let's see, for overdrive uh, or boost, I'd probably go with Dave's Buxom Boost. Mm. for even bucks and boost uh distortion uh i like the bogner lagrange or dave's b o d deluxe uh i'm on three right uh, and- <laughs> a lot of distortion <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that was, you know an overdrive the boost would be, be the boost for the for the drive for the yeah. distortion pedal got the delay and then what else would i would i have uh what do i got here Oh, and a phaser. Gotta have Ooh. a phaser. Which one though? Like an MXR script. Phaser. 90 or 90 or something. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, phaser. phase 90. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So um a wah of some kind. Probably uh, probably one of mine. Um a um you know, I'm gonna say maybe a tube screamer. There you go. Uh, like more of a eight oh eight tube screamer. Yeah. Uh, or or close second would be some sort of clon thing, maybe a yeah. Wampler Tumnus. Yeah, that, that's and why then, I like that soul food. Like I said, I, I you know yeah, it's, which is the clon thing. It, yeah, it, 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 it's it's it doesn't change the tone. You know, yeah. it just gives you a little more sustain. Um, I'm gonna say, uh, well, okay, uh, here, 
if the delay has to be in front of an amp, I'm going to say an MXR Echoplex pedal. Oh, I, I like those. Too. If 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 the delay can be in a loop of an amp, then I'll say the DD500. Mm-hmm. And then a phaser. I'll, I'll just keep it to four, right? So, <laughs> and then a phaser will be. Uh, I, I'm really a big fan of a vintage uh, MXR Phase 45. Wow! Yeah, so now, I, is I've that the one fat was, one? Is that the fat one? No, no, 40? that's oh. the Phase 100. The Phase 45 is. Uh, it, it's not like a Phase 90. It sounds more like a Univibe than it does. Than it does a phase 90. And Dave, I've you stumped one. me, man. I thought I knew all that crap. I've <laughs> owned one. I've owned a phase for same size as a same one knob, just like okay. a phase 90. Oh. Uh, but I've owned one of those since I was 15. The same one. Yeah. And I still have it. And in fact, I'm a huge fan of the old MXR pedals. So yeah, like, yeah, me too. I have kind of a collection. Um, I'm a huge fan of the micro flanger. Yeah, yeah. The phase that. 45. I love the phase 90, although. I, I, I'm a little more a fan of the Phase 45. Interesting. Um, a vintage micro amp is a killer. Yeah, pedal. I agree. I, that's uh, why I, when I was a kid, vintage, I, I love those. Vintage yeah. one, not yeah. not a newer one. Yeah, they're different. I, I like it. Just a, something about it is a little grittier and a little yeah. cooler. Um, you know, uh, anything of that old MXR stuff. A, a, any of the old MXR stuff was super cool. All of them, yeah. like the if, if Dynacomp. Dynacomps were great with a Marshall. A Dynacomp with a Marshall was fantastic, man. Yeah, it's killer. Yeah. So, so I have a little collection of vintage ones of all 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 these little vintage pieces from MXR that uh, that I have on a pedal board that's half done that has been sitting half done for about a year or two. (laughs) Um, Wow. I know there's people on the show going through reverb right now. They're like. It's interesting you brought up the uh, the new MXR uh, Echoplex pedal because I, I got one when it first came out right. and uh, it and it is but I tried to put it on my board with my my little power thing and, uh, and this is this is hilarious so I'm at rehearsal and the guys going Gilby and I go what they go you don't hear that and I go hear what they're going you don't hear that high ringing. There's like like a 10k thing going on, right? And I'm going, yeah, no, oh, I'm I don't hear it. <laughs> I can't hear it at all. <laughs> and they go, yeah, you can't hear. It. I go, no. And and I'm listening. I go, I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. And and uh, it, it will check all your stuff. You know, check. I unplugged the uh, the uh, Echoplex and it went away. And I, I can called, tell you why. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the power <laughs> supply. Well, the power supply is, is a battery power supply, but every it's all basically it's like a daisy chain, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and and often when you do that, you are causing little ground loops and noise issues between the pedals. Okay. And apparently that one doesn't like. No, that. that's what so was I had to plug that's in. Why people yeah. have an isolated uh, yeah. power supplies. Um, where every output is isolated, and then and that would have gotten rid of that issue. So, if they never because said anything, they'd be playing times. a gig, and everybody in the audience would be going, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't hear it. I, I mean, I've used those a million times on rigs and stuff, and it, 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 it's they're fine uh, yeah. if they're. Yeah, it had a, it, when I plugged it into its own power supply, it was gone. But when yeah. it was in my little thing, it it, it, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. That's makes sense. It probably, just, it probably just matched the ringing in your ears. Exactly. <laughs> I have two different notes going. It's, it's insane. <laughs> no, no, anything above 10K is gone. Forget yeah. it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and if you're worn, everything above like 5K is gone, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Stuart Rose. Oh, I already asked that one. Um, and I'm not even drinking. Uh, <laughs> Vincent, what's up, my man? Vince. My Miss you guys. <laughs> Gilby Dave recently got my hands on a hand-wired reissue AC30. Can you recommend tips on how to get the best use out of it? Recommendations <laughs> on settings, pedals, guitars. My first AC30. Crank it up. Yeah. It's gonna be on ten. <laughs> Can I tell you a fun, a fun story, guys? So sure. when I first got my, and this is for Vincent too. When I first got my AC30s, we were actually in England, and and I got them, and and I uh, Brian May happened to be uh, a guest at the show that we were doing, and I'm and I'm plugging up the AC30s, and, and I'm just going, I'm, I'm with, with my tech. I think it was no, it wasn't Elwood at that time, uh, and and I'm playing. I'm going, man. It's just not what I remember. Like I was really bummed out. It's like, it, it's not good. It doesn't sound good. And, and Brian May came up to me and goes, he goes, check out this box I have. I goes, I think it might help you with what, what's going on. So I, it was his little hand wired box that he had with his whole uh, queen sound. Yeah, exactly. So he loaned it to me and I checked that. I go, voila, I go, that's it. He goes, yeah, now give me my box back. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what it made me do on my boxes and what I wasn't doing, and Dave, you'll probably completely disagree with me, but whenever I have a new amp, first thing I do is I turn like everything on five, but I turn the volume on 10, right? Well, with the for me, the AC30s, I had to turn the, the bass down to really like three yeah. is how mm -hmm. I did it. And then it becomes an, an amazing, if you're going for overdrive, if you're going for a Beatles thing, I understand. But that was my trick. I turn it on 10 and I turn the bass down. Low. Well, here's the thing. I mean, that the EQ on a Vox is extremely interactive with each other. Mm -hmm. So meaning, depending on how high, how high you have the treble. Yes. It, it will totally interact with the bass. So you really got to just play with the two until you get the right combination for you. Yeah. But yeah. The bass would be lower, especially if you're cranking it. Yeah, um, yeah. you're you're gonna want to cut some of that rumble out uh, just to cut. Yeah, because uh, you're you're driving like a Marshall kind of, and uh, exactly, and that's and exactly, that's, yeah. and that's uh, that's totally normal. Yeah, very low, like a quarter of the way up. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really like I said, I, it, it never even quarter came the way into up, my wheelhouse. At about like one or two o'clock, maybe. Yeah, exactly uh, the way I run it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, but that they so they have a new one, a new uh, AC thirty. It's a one twelve. I don't remember the name, AC one something or whatever. But it's pretty good because some of those boxes for a while were the C ones and stuff. I really sound like transistor. Oh no, those are horrible. Horrible. But this yeah, new yeah. one that they have, that just I, I I have one and and I think it's pretty darn good, man. It's a nice nice. Box. The, the uh, Vincent the hand wired reissue you have is cool. That sounds definitely sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would it would it sound good if he got like a treble booster for it? Would it get better? <laughs> Everything for that? sounds good with well, the treble booster. I mean, um, <laughs> it depends on the sound you're going for. How's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. You right. know, okay. I mean, you got to be realistic. You know, if you you know if you're playing Alice in Chains stuff, you know, Vox is not the amp for you and stuff. But if it classic rock, man, you know, I, like I said, I, I play my Vox all the time. It's fantastic. Amp. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing Tom Petty stuff, Beatles, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But even like I said, classic rock. Like I said, if you're doing like you know, uh, you know, Bad Company, you know, and stuff like that, that sounds great to evolve. Or Stones, right? Stones, exactly. You can do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, more guitars. Thank you so much. These shows blow away any guitar magazine you'd buy to read. Support these shows if you can. They're a treasure to us gear and music fans. Well, thanks so much. 
Really appreciate that. And we like your yeah, name, more guitars. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's that, that, you know, that was the idea. I mean, I was, I often tell people that I try to get on the show. It's not really an interview. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're all sitting around, maybe having a cocktail, uh, hanging out, uh, talking, uh, geeking out as crazy yeah. as you could possibly geek out if you want yeah. right. or not. It just depends on the guest. Um, and it's really about preserving the memory or the things that have happened in the past. You know, it, it's, there's not a lot, it's not a lot of information sometimes about um, this stuff. Unfor- I, we, we know it, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of new people and younger people that don't have, don't know any of this stuff, you know, yeah. and it's like uh, uh, being big music fans, we kind of geeked out probably over the years on, you know, everything that Jimmy Page ever did and anything Absolutely. that ever, everything ever did. And, you know, and we have the, the, the new Jimmy Page book, which yeah. is like ridiculous, which. But back then, I, all we had was a picture like in Hit yeah. Parade and you'd stare and go, why does he have his amps in an L? You know, and it's like it was like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, that looks cool. <laughs> um, but, you know, the thing is, is like uh, and, and some stuff's never been told. Yeah. So the the idea is to try to at least tell it at least once, <laughs> and and hopefully we'll keep this as an archive, and hopefully Mark is a backup of this stuff. I do <laughs> in case I the do. whole channel goes cold. Press record now, Mark. <laughs> uh, it's all recording. Um, by the way, I'll share you a, a, with you a link. I already gave you the link, right? Yeah, yeah, or you did. Thank you. Yeah. All right, perfect. Um, but yeah, I mean it's great. I I, I love that we have an archive of old well like like we're gonna have like we're gonna have bo hill on oh wow so so you know we know who bo hill is a lot of people might not know who bo hill is but i thought you know god that'd be kind of cool to i want to talk to him about all those rat records he made and all those uh all the other records he made and 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 during a time a very busy time in the music yeah, very industry, competitive you know? time you know for a producer yeah oh yeah and and and, and i want to hear those stories because i don't I, I don't i don't know yeah. how did you get that guitar tone you know and and he's hopefully going to tell us yeah there you go <laughs> uh, he, he seemed pretty talkative so he, he was he was yeah uh, you know we had nice bob guy. rock on that was a pleasure you know oh, wow yeah he's made some great yeah, records <laughs> Uh, a Bob little bit of a, a technical nightmare, but it was <laughs> <laughs> he did the whole show from his phone in his car. From his phone in his car. In his car. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you house. something a little crazy. I now, uh, I, I ride motorcycles all the time, and I now got the Bluetooth in my motorcycle, so I have speakers in a thing, and I can make calls, and I can watch stuff, which I shouldn't be because I'm riding. But where I live <laughs> in, in in Los Angeles, I live up in the hills, and I have the worst reception ever on my phone i can't make a phone call in my own house i can make a phone call in india but i can't make a phone call in my house i was in bangladesh and i can make a phone call i can't in my my house you know in the valley (laughs) but but anyway when i'm on my motorcycle i I make all my calls i do all my business i'm riding stuff and clicking and calling people and stuff but i understand how about how he can do that on his phone i i I totally understand that too because when i get in my car if i'm driving somewhere and i gotta drive at least a decent distance you know like say an hour or or, la- or maybe forty five minutes. Yeah. It's like oh yeah, phone call. Let's see who do I got to call. <laughs> exactly. Because by the t- you know by the time I'm done with the conversation, I'm there, and it's like right. oh, awesome. I almost Thank don't you. remember <laughs> driving there, which is an issue. But 
<laughs> I've had it where I missed my exit and then the I, auto <laughs> autopilot, complete autopilot. Like, how did how did I get here? You know, it's like I, I, guess, okay, I guess I did okay. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here, still standing. Right, hey Gilby, I want to be uh, sensitive to time. Are you good? Are you? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine, thank okay. you. Because we've got a we got a bunch more questions. And, That's all good. Uh, it's all good. So just let me know when you're. Yeah, no, we're good. When we're good. When you got to run. Um, Greg Henderson, thanks for the super chat. I love the fact fact that you're a heck of a rhythm player uh, is your specialty, and that is, and that is something a lot of younger guys are overlooked. Don't you think? Uh, I, I think a lot of people overlook rhythm and just go for like the noodling of. Um, at least for me, what do you think, Gilby? Well, I, I you know, it's interesting because. I think a lot of people think of me as a, a rhythm player, but up until Guns N' Roses, I was always the only guitar player in the band, you know, but obviously when I joined and I joined as the rhythm guitar player, mm. I was, I always was drawn to rhythm, you know, like all the guys I, I liked, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm a huge Keith Richards fan, uh, you know, but I, I think that even guys like Eddie Van Halen has an incredible rhythm. Incredible oh, yeah. rhythm. You know, uh, uh, I hope I got it. And Andy from the police, Andy Simmons, Andy Summers. 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 Thank you. Wow. Some of his rhythm is just phenomenal. Like, you know, those parts and stuff. And to me, that was always what stuck out to me, you know, as, as a young guy, you know, when I was listening to records and stuff, even, you know, and, you know, I was a huge kiss Ace Freely fan. I mean, those rhythms on those records, it's like, you know, it was, it was the part Paul Kossoff, you know, it's, you know, of course, lead guitar is important stuff. But for me, it was really more about songs when I was a young kid. I, I don't know why, but I was attracted to songs. And it really wasn't about a certain guitar player. It was more about songs, bands. And, and I just connected with those parts. And he is right. It's so overlooked because it's a different world now. You know, you can make a video of you doing some trick part and you're going to get a bunch of views. If you sit there and play rhythm to a song, yeah. Maybe not so flashy, but that's kind of the world we live in right now. It it, it it's always um, most truly great guitar players that have gone down in history as being great guitar players are great rhythm players. Yes, like ridiculous rhythm players. They might also be fantastic lead players. Yes, but I I maybe we'll go on record as saying there is no great lead player that isn't a great rhythm player. That that was it. That has gone down in history as being a great guitar player. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I, well, you know, I, you, uh, know. you know, you know, Dave. I I I, 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 I agree and disagree a little bit because I played with some of the the, the good guys, you know. Yeah. And I and, I and I do agree in the sense that when they made those records that they're great for. Um, no, you're right. There's some great parts on it, but I think as time goes on, I think people are getting lazier about the. Yeah, the yeah, okay. Parts. I'll, I'll you, agree you know with that. Yes, yeah. I agree with that for sure. BB uh, King was just a lead player. He was yes, not a, exactly. He didn't play, he never played he didn't any play rhythm. rhythm. <laughs> he didn't play rhythm. <laughs> no, right. and, and he really only played three notes. Play no rhythm. <laughs> they were the right three notes, but <laughs> yeah, the right three notes. I remember seeing him once, and it was just like, oh my god, that's amazing. I know. You know he uh, never plays rhythm, <laughs> and and never plays rhythm, but uh, uh, but uh, but man, those notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he had feel. He had feel. Those notes. What is and that? Billy Gibbons, man, the note choices yeah. too. Jesus yeah. Christ. 
Christ. Oh, what blows me away about Billy is he can stand on stage, you know, you know, with all these great guitar players. And obviously he doesn't have, doesn't have, he doesn't do the flash that you see yeah. on these players. And he can hit that one note and all the guitar players go like this, you know, wow. You know, he's yeah. just, you know. And it, his it, rhythm is great too. I mean. Unbelievable. Oh, I mean, look yeah, at all yeah. those his ZZ Top touch, songs, you know. Touch. Yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. touch. I, I mean, I saw their their documentary that they had on Netflix or whatever yeah. uh, a while back, and um, and like at the end, they're all sitting in the room jamming, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm like looking at this, and this is recent, you know, in yeah. recent times, and I'm just going, man, that drummer is just laying it down like a mother, yeah. and 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 then and then you know, Dusty is just laying the bass down, and then Billy's just floating over the top. But in such a cool, grooving way, and it's just yeah. like oozing, just oozing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, a great band is like a great out of the guitar. Yeah, it, I mean, a great band's like a great, you know, basketball team or a great football team. When people know their part and they take pride in their part, you know, yeah. and the, and it works together. And it's not always easy. You can take a great bass player, drummer, and guitar player, and they don't work together, you know. But when it does, yeah. oh. It's in a band like ZZ Top. Oh, it's just it's magical. Yeah, and I right. saw I saw Kings of Chaos with you guys. I think it was with you also with uh, Robin Zander, Billy Gibbons down play down here in Fort Lauderdale several years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember where it was though. Uh, it was a great show. Billy. It's always fun. <laughs> it's always fun. I mean, when you get to play with guys like I said, like Robin Zander and Billy yeah. Gibbons, I said, I become a kid. You know, I just sit there and just like, watch half the time. It's so great. You know, <laughs> I remember when he when he came in my shop and then he bought you a case for your pink taco. <laughs> Exactly. You, know, you guys played like, a little trick on me or something. Yeah, it, 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 it's like, but he walks in. He walks in my shop one day, just out of the blue, right? Just walks across from mates. Mm-hmm. And then, he, of course, he introduces himself. Yeah, like he didn't know who he and was. Like, <laughs> like he walked through the door already and just like going, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know who you are. <laughs> but, man, he came back for like three days straight and was just yeah. hanging out like on breaks and stuff and just like yeah. shooting the shit. Yeah, you know? he's such and a just, sweetheart. Uh, such and, a sweetheart. Uh, and, and it was that was awesome. He he, bu- he bought us uh, matching cases because we both got pink tacos at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he, he he got us yeah. all these. He goes, I want to buy Gilby a case. <laughs> He's so That's, funny. Okay, <laughs> nice. We got to get him on the show. He should. He's got a new record coming out. I think it was just announced today. A new solo record. So. Oh, I got to hit him up. Yeah. Hit him up. Yeah, let's get him on. Hit oh, him up. I, I, and I'd I'd love to. I mean, I'll I'll put it out there to him. We'll see what he says. You know. Hopefully you can't force people to do it. No, no, but it's cool. Not everybody's into it. Well, uh, I would don't... love to have that discussion. That's a, that's a, that's a, make sure he know. knows how to work Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I, I, we that's have to key. make sure that that that's a key thing. We'll send, uh, we'll send a handler to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call the guy. <laughs> Bill Meinhart Jr., thanks for the super chat. Very generous of you. Love the show, gentlemen. Have a great weekend. Oh, no, no, no question. Thank no, you. Thank right. you. you have a Making great a statement. Also. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we got another one from Rockstar Prepper. Man, you, you're on a roll tonight. Right, here's hey. what I would like to know, Rockstar Prepper. What does this name mean? How are you prepping? You know prepping, what? I, I, I have an idea. Uh, his, <laughs> Rockstar Prepper, maybe he's a tech. 
Hmm. Could like be. a tech prepper, Rockstar prepper. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, using the master volume on your <laughs> DD100 Deluxe when mic with a 57 and 121, how loud does it need to be to get good recorded tone? Come on, Dave. Ah. <laughs> uh... Dude, you can uh, you can honestly it sounds good low. Um I, you know, it would be nice if you push it a little bit at least, you know, you get a little you get a little oomph out of the speakers. You know, it and recording it's more about how hard you're pushing the speakers. Yeah. Um, yeah, cuz otherwise you just be direct with a, a Kemp or you, something. You, you know, you the, the, the pushing the speakers causes the speakers to sound different. Mm. So, um you have to really determine what that volume is. You know what I'm saying? You're not really on my app. You're not going to really be distorting the power section till you get after six or so. Um, so, but, but by six, it's really loud. So, um, but you are going to be pushing the speakers in a different manner. So um, that's going to cause the speakers to actually sound different. So uh, experiment with it. What can you get away with? I don't know what your situation yeah, yeah, yeah. is. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I'm not saying you can got a good mic combo there. The 57, you, know, you can probably record yeah. it at whisper volumes and still get a good recorded result out of it. Yeah. Um, but if you can push it, maybe you get a better result. You have to be the deciding factor on what that is. You know, like, it, I, you know, Dave, I do a lot of production. And uh, because I, I have a live room and we can turn it up mm -hmm. here. And whenever I'm work, it's, it, I'm always amazed when I'm working with guitar players that aren't guys that have made a lot of records is they all come in and oh, I've got to tell you nine out of 10 times, all of them have their bass on 10. And I try to explain to them that, you know, when you're recording, you know, you're, you're, you're muddying it up. If you just turn it, turn it down to five, you can pretty much get the same tone you, 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 that you have. And you also won't be competing with the frequency of the, of the bass player because, yeah. you know, when we're all listening, we're all, they're all competing for that same space. Let the bass player be the low end. I understand mm -hmm. some guys need it. Like, like some, once again, Jerry Cantrell is a perfect example. He's got that loud, ch -ch 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 you know, but your bass doesn't always have to be on 10. You can still get that same sound. I think turning it down low in recording, not talking live. Yeah. And record. It's a whole different thing. Here's the thing. You, you print with a lot of bass. you that mixer is just going to shelve it all out. Yeah, exactly. It's just going to shelve mean, like, it. <laughs> a lot of, even if you print with not a lot, they're going to yeah. shelve even it's going to shelve out any, they're going to shelve yeah. it out anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I always kind of, I always have this thing about the, the you know, the, the Royer and 57 combo, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Great combo works well. You know, generally favoring the 57 and just blending up the Royer a little bit um, to fill it out. But the funny thing is, in reality, whatever you fill out with that Royer probably is in the mix is getting completely lopped out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then it's a question of is the blend of the two mics even necessary? Mm -hmm. Sometimes not. Yeah. I, I've, I've found that. Uh, it, it, 50 to me 57s i like with the 409 or 421 um mm -hmm. most of the time when i'm using a warrior i i don't use another mic i just use the warrior you know i i just there's some i i actually did a tour one time and it was one of the earlier when we were on in ears and uh i i had a you know a mon i always use two cabinets but it's really a mono rig 
And we had three mics on my cabinet. One was for me and my ear. One was for the monitor guy. And one was for the front of house guy. <laughs> we all liked different mics. Mm -hmm. It's so strange. There's no EQ on any of them, but we all like the front of the house guy wanted a condenser. You know, the, the monitor guy wanted a 57 and I wanted the warrior. It just sounded, it was for the in-ears. It was just to me, what was easier to play to. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Royer um, and in-ears will be a sweeter tone. Uh, it'll be more rolled off in the top end, which probably yeah. sounds great on the in-ears. But yeah, but I really heard my attack better with, with the Royer for some reason. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Rockstar Prepper has one additional question. When using his 57 and 121, the mic and amp, how important is it to be soundproof um, to prevent outside noise? What kind of amp models are coming? uh two questions well, wait well, well, soundproof room okay well, uh, the outside noise uh if you're playing the amp loud enough it probably yeah. doesn't almost matter what the hell is yeah, going on should, outside you should be all. close close to anyway yeah. you know um so not that important if you can get away with playing loud um if you're playing really quiet that might make a difference sure yeah. uh what new amps are coming or what new models are coming yeah, I, I think he's of, referred to you, Dave. If you, um, yeah. I, I mean, there's a vintage line that's going to come eventually. Um, there's some other things coming, maybe some little thing soon, as in next month um, or towards the end of the month. Um, there's all sorts of things kind of in the line that we're working on, so. Sweet. And all different kind of genres and styles, sort of. <laughs> Red Rover, the effing game cat. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I, I want to know how people sometimes come up with these names. Well, that's that's a conscious <laughs> thought right here. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 it's not an like, algorithm. <laughs> no, like we, we, you know, you know, the funny thing is, like, I, I keep thinking about changing uh, my screen name. <laughs> Uh, where are our screen names? Don't we normally have them? I think it's just got our names on it. Well, they they go off. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, <laughs> we had Bruce Watson on that plays with Foreigner, mm -hmm. uh, who's a friend of mine, and uh, and uh, of course he comes on the screen, and of course he's put his name Jimmy Page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And then what? later, after after drinking for a while, and he had to sign off and sign back on, he came back as. Bruise, uh, what is it? Bruise, well, uh, he just spelled Wootson. W O T S U N beer, bruise, Wootson. One year at NAM, uh, back in the days before you know they uh checked your ID and stuff, Gibson gave me Les Paul's badge. I oh, walked so around nice. the whole day with Les Paul, I still kept, I kept it, it was too great. Oh, that's cool, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Red Rover. I uh, was looking for a JCM 800 pedal. Sweetwater guy wow. suggested the BEOD Deluxe. Stood up the other day. Mm. He loved it. Okay. Cool. That's great. I, I don't know if that, I mean, it's much, that's much higher gain than a B than a 800, yeah, but uh, definitely in, in the Marshall vein, sort so to speak. Uh, you know, also the small box pedal might be more. Yeah. Uh, more in that vein. But if you love it, fantastic. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Matt White, Dave, I own a Carvin Legacy V100 first-gen Viamp. Think about putting 
KT77s in it. Any experience or insight with these amps would be killer. Um, I've hardly ever, ever worked on those. So um, I don't really have any experience if that would be a good choice or a bad choice or uh, I don't really know. So I, ha- I had one of those. Um, it was a Carvin 30 watt all tube oh, amp. Yeah, yeah. That thing was frigging incredible. I still have it. Thing, it oh my god, it was really good. I like I still have it. It was yeah, fantastic. Amp. That was good. That was one of their one of their best um, amps, I think. Yeah, it was really was- warm, like really warm distortion. You know, mm-hmm. it was, I loved it. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. I can't think. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It was a 30 watt that I remember. You know exactly. It's like Tweed, right, or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That exactly. I yeah, know exactly yeah, what yeah. you're talking about. I just can't remember the name, but. Yeah, yeah, me uh, uh, a couple, couple, there was a, a crate amp too that was made for a while that was kind of in the vintage vein that also sounded kind of cool. And then there was like the PV ones, the classic yeah. 50 and stuff, which are yeah. also kind of cool. So, yeah. like, all those <laughs> they seemed to do well back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, they sold, sold a shit of those PV classic amps. Oh, yeah. Those are pretty good, man. Honestly, like, if you plug really in good. and crank it up, you're like, Oh, yeah. that's good. Okay, great. I can use this. Yeah, and they were USA made at the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they're yep. made. They're overseas now. But. So I tried these new Marshalls, you know, the 20 watts uh, that they have. I think they're, I think he's right. They're like studio versions. There's a JCM made 101, and there's a like a Plexi one. And they're they're too bright. I, I literally turned, and I, I mean, you know, I'm, I don't know, I, 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 like on your ramp, I think I have the treble on like five or, or, or whatever, but I turned the treble and presence to zero and it was still too bright. Hmm. Both of them. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it to work. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a huge difference between, I had a pink taco wildwood edition, which is basically it had a clean channel mm-hmm. uh, and the three position switch. Yeah. It, uh, it's huge upgrade compared to that Marshall. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 different amps. I really wanted that Marshall to work, like I I I, I like these low wattage amps and stuff, but that uh, yeah, it, it's too bright. I've, mod- I've modded a few of them that sound good. Really? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> ah. And so, Dave, is it just me, or were, were they were they were they bright? Like when you got them? Um, <clears throat> was that not the problem? <laughs> You know what? I got one in my shop right now. I'll 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 tell you about it later. Yeah, because I haven't listened to the Plexi one as much. I heard the eight hundred one. And yeah, the I think the eight hundred sounds sounded, better. Yeah, it's better than the other one. Like an eight hundred. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it sounded like what that does. Yeah. Um, the Plexi one. I heard it. The one in my shop briefly, uh, and it's the first one I'd be modding actually for someone. It's a little combo. Yeah. Um it was a little scratchy. Yeah. But uh that that's easy. It's one one little part to change to make that <laughs> easy for <better>. you. <laughs> Not easy for us. To make that better. So uh Stephen Douglas, Gilby, we need another Rockstar Supernova TV season. The best thing on TV in 20 years. Also, do you keep in touch with Rafael Moreira? Amazing tone, and he's responsible for me playing Bogners. Oh, cool. <laughs> that, uh, w- this was quite a few years ago. They had done a, a first season of Rockstar uh, where they were looking for a singer for in, in the band In Excess. Mm-hmm. When, when they started that, 
the original idea was to kind of have like an all-star band be the backup band when the singers would sing. That was mm -hmm. the idea. So I, I went in and uh, I had an audition and my band, you're going to love this, was Johnny Colt and Steve Gorman from the Black Crows, the drummer and bass player. My buddy Ryan Roxy, who plays in Alice Cooper's band, and Dizzy, the keyboard player from GNR, and I sang and played guitar, and we auditioned. And after we played just a couple songs, Mark Burnett, who's the producer, kept talking with his people, like whispering, and then he'd go, can you guys play this song? And I look at the guys and go, can we figure out? I go, yeah, we can get through it. They made us play like six to eight songs, like that we, did, we only rehearsed like two or three. And uh, it kept on playing, and they go, okay, thank you very much. And I got a call the next day and they said, look, we decided we're not going to do the all-star idea. We're going to get, uh, we're, we're going to get, uh, you, know, you know, just good players and stuff, but not well-known guys in the band. He goes, but I have something I want to talk to you about. So I didn't hear from him for a year. And then Raphael and all those guys that got the gig who are, were fantastic backup banner. Raphael, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know him, but he's a, incredible guitar there's nothing he can't play <laughs> he really yeah, can play great. anything yeah unbelievable and um so the next year uh, i got a call from mark burnett he goes i want you to put together a super group he goes give me your hit list of of your your a team your b team and your c team so i made a list of you know guys that i knew and stuff and the guys that were ended up in the band were not, not on my list at all but apparently Tommy Lee came into the situation and it became what it became which was myself Tommy Lee and Jason Newstead and it was a really great experience um cuz I never did TV before and Dave Navarro had already done it so he kind of you know mm. he, he kind of said ah, dude, it's fun i mean you get to be yourself nobody tells you what to say which was true the whole time on the show i never no one had a piece in my ear or whatever and it was fun but the best part was watching that band every night with with Raphael and 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 they're incredible. I don't really see him that often. He's always working, but uh, but he's he's a, a incredible. incredible. I, I've seen him a few times recently, uh, um, doing some work for him. And yeah, he's but he an does play the Bogners, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he still uses those. Uh, you know, I, I said to him a long time ago. I he he. Cause he was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is my amp or not. And this and that I go, you sound great through that amp and pretty much anything, anything, you, <laughs> anything you, you play, play through, you sound yeah. the same. I agree. Um, so um, those work for you uh, well, and they yeah. sound good with you. So um, uh, maybe not for me, but for you, yes. You know? Yeah. And uh, so I just stick with it. I completely agree with you. I, I I think he would sound great on anything. Actually, the other guitar player in the band, Jimmy, was the one who turned me on to Matchless at that time because I, uh, like I said I, I was using Marshalls and Voxes back then, and uh, and Jimmy turned me on to Matchless, and I you know met with them and tried out a couple, and and that's how I got into it back then. Mm -hmm. Cool, uh, Quentin James, what's going on, man? <laughs> he mentions Nuno when we were talking about rhythm and the lead playing. He's uh. He excels at both too. Yeah, Nuno did some Kings of Chaos with us when we had Steven Tyler, uh, and that was really fun. Uh, Nuno and I had a really good time together. Cool. Yeah, he's a great player. Um, stay curious, Dave. Of all the amps you've worked on, soldering setup, which was the <laughs> biggest pain in the butt? <laughs> wow, I'm interested in this question. <laughs> which are the biggest pain in the butt? Um, SVTs aren't fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, Vox actually old Voxes yeah, are not yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. 
uh, to work on. Um, big pains in the butt. Those, you, you remember those Sovtech amps that were around for a oh, while? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. 50s and stuff? Yeah. Those amps, if you look at them wrong, they fall apart in your hands. <laughs> So there's a bunch of stuff that you have to um, <laughs> you have to do to bulletproof them. But actually, actually, when they're done, mm-hmm. they actually can sound really cool. Wow, wow like an wow. old, cool, ratty amp that's that's, yeah. that's Marshall esque kind of, yeah. um, you know. But um, trying to think, yeah, no, SVT is probably the biggest pain in the ass wow, to work on, wow. ever. I mean, who thought it's, of that? It's a loud fucking amp, man. Damn pounds or however much oh, it weighs. Man, man. And second of all, it's in two pieces. There's a preamp that's in the top part, and there's an amp in the bottom part. Everything about it is like just a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Generally speaking, there's another guy that works with me. Sometimes I'm like, "You repair this." <laughs> yeah. He's a bass player too, so it's like, "Here you go." There you go. Go uh, have fun. <laughs> Anything I really don't want to do, I give it to him. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Destin, he loves me for that. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Destin McHorter, uh, love you guys. Thanks for what you do, Mark and Dave. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, BMO, who saw Delana on Rockstar? Delana was on Rockstar? <laughs> nah, different Delana. Oh. I'm there was a Delana on Rockstar. She was yeah, fantastic, was incredible singer. I, I and then a friend of mine is married to uh, Deanna Johnston, who was one of the uh, more finalists in, well, I don't remember how far she got, five, six or something, mm-hmm. and uh, in the first Rockstar. First one, yeah. Yeah, first one. And uh, and he married her. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Hey, what was great, uh, to me, what was great about it, like when they approached me, uh, number one was, you know, it, it was rock music, you know, and, and it was uh, and it was real. I mean, it really was real. Like everything was happening. Nothing was planned out. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they might have said, you know, do this because things are leading up that way. But it it wasn't as produced, you know, as like an American Idol and all that. Yeah. kind of stuff. It was much, much more natural. And it was rock. Like I said live music. I mean, come on. Right. You know, right. that was incredible. There was some lawsuit with that whole thing, right? With There's the- a lawsuit with the name, and I got to tell you, man, it drove me insane. When Mar- Mark Burnett is the one who picked the name, and he had the name before he even called me. And as soon as he told me the name, I said, you know there's a band called Ro- called Supernova. And he goes, doesn't matter. He goes, we own it legally. But I go, but there's a band that's put out a record called Supernova. And he, he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't listen. So, yeah, we knew that was coming. Oh, <laughs> and then it had to change, right? It became Rockstar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd put the Rockstar to be able to use it, you know. Live, so, yeah. Right. Gotcha. Um, so I'm going through the questions. I think we've gone through all the questions. Wow. And there's, uh, one, there's one from Stephen Douglas. Uh, oh, yeah. What about Gilby's early years? <laughs> when okay. did you start playing guitar and... <laughs> Yeah, I I'm guess a, a, a brief rundown of your history. Quick. So I, I so Dave, you're from Detroit. I'm from Cleveland. I was born yeah. and raised in Cleveland. I saw Same all thing. yeah. <laughs> I saw, you know, bands like Kiss and everybody in, in in Cleveland. But I moved to California when I was 15 years old. And when I got to California, it uh, I moved with my family. I didn't like move out Rockstar Dreams. I moved with my family. But Music was my way of integrating with people. You know, it, it was like, oh my God, you like Zeppelin? I love Zeppelin, you know? And that's how I, I, I met people. I was in a band, uh, you know, when I was 16 years old, I was in the band that played at the high school, even though I was like, you know, a, a sophomore or whatever. 
I had a job at a, at a music store in Redondo Beach, which guys like uh, Bobby Blotzer and Mick Mars used to come into all the time. And uh, uh, and then I, I moved to Hollywood. I, I got found an ad in the Recycler, and I joined a band. My first band was called Candy, which was more like a, a like a like Ramones kind of uh, on a popper side, you know. But it was alt rock. I was the only guitar player. And we got a we got we got two major label deals. We got signed to MCA and then got bought out by Polygram. But it was before MTV and all that. So I was in uh, Candy on on Mercury. We toured with like Rick Springfield, Corey Hart, and then I had a, a harder band called Kill for Thrills, which we got signed to MCA. And after that is when I got the GNR gig from Slash. But I, I was in Hollywood from 1980. I saw. Starwood shows, you know, uh, uh, I, I never saw Van Halen, but I saw Randy Rhodes many times and George Lynch many times. And, yeah. uh, you know, Nikki, uh, I knew Nikki from London and Motley Crue. So uh, I've been around for a long time in Hollywood. Yeah. You've been hanging out there for a long time. Yes. You never saw what you're saying is Gilby, you're, you're old. I am old. <laughs> I'm freaking old, man. <laughs> Very. How did you miss Van Halen though? Uh, you know what? I just, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Even though they were playing at that time, I just kind of missed them somehow. You know, I just, I just, like I said, I saw, uh, uh, I'd say Quiet Riot and Snow and all those bands I just missed. But I, one of my buddies uh, that I met that was a fellow guitar player, he kept telling me about Eddie Van Halen. This guy's going to blow your mind. He, you've never seen a guitar player. And I went, he's no Rick Derringer. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> wow. Uh, Rick Derringer was my hero. <laughs> well, but, uh, but yeah, I just missed it. I just I missed him. I never got to see Van Halen live in, in those days, you know. But right. but I was definitely around the Starwood and uh Troubadour, Whiskey. I saw all those shows. Did you see uh speaking of Dave Navarro, did you go see uh Jane's Addiction back? Oh, in Jane's Philly? Addiction, I, I I don't remember if they opened, but I saw their very first show at Scream. My band was playing the same night. <laughs> really? Yeah. Very first Oh yeah. Show. I to be honest, I didn't like Jane's Addiction. You know, and, and I gotta tell you that I saw Guns N' Roses first show. I was friends with Izzy uh before he was in Guns N' Roses. When you saw Guns N' Roses before they made the record, it was very messy. Like it was really kind of hard to understand what was going on. They were very, Slash was very much out of tune. Mm. And, uh, and it, it, the oddest thing is, you saw you said, "God, that singer's amazing," and the drummer was solid, but the guitar, as a guitar player, was a little bit messy. Uh, in Jane's Addiction, it was kind of the same thing. I, it was really hard to wrap your head around what was going on. When you saw bands in those venues, you know they didn't always sound good. You know, mm. so you, when you're seeing something that was different. It was really hard to kind of wrap your head around it. And I, to be honest, I wasn't really a Dave Navarro fan in, in, in the earliest days. I grew to appreciate them when I, I heard the record and I heard the songs and, and things like that is when I, I grew to appreciate his playing. Mm. Interesting. The yeah. same with GNR. Until I heard the record, I go, so that's what they were playing. <laughs> and I can, I can hear it. You know? Or, or it got shaped. You got a producer exactly. in there, yeah. you know, it got shaped into something. A little yeah. bit different. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I grew up on in college when, you know, Jane's addiction, the nineties, yeah. like the thing, but, uh, but I never saw them live until later on when they were much more polished, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, crap guitar show says, Dave, I love the sound of a Les Paul through an old crank fender. Do you have anything coming down the pipe that fits that <laughs> bill? Old crank fender. I, I, I don't have uh, well it depends i mean we'll see how the the vintage line fleshes out you know 
Uh, I won't say not, but we'll see. Like a basement. Something. Maybe. <laughs> a, or a blackface something or a yeah. brownface something. Or... I, I, have all, I told you, I have a lot of blackface basements. I yeah. love those things, man. Uh, you know, something. Uh, that won't be the first thing in the vintage line. I think the Vox and the Plexi will be the first mm-hmm. sort of two things that I'll do. I mean, I keep talking about it. I don't know how fast it's going to get done. It, believe, everything is incredibly slower right now. Yeah, no, you're right uh, about that. Yeah. I, I mean, like, to try to get something done yeah. and get parts for things and transformers and things yeah. is is like everything's longer. Yeah. The lead times on everything, even yeah. parts that we get from other manufacturers and things yeah. to build an amplifier has gotten... Twice as expensive and twice, oh. maybe four times as long to get it. Yeah, we're in the motorcycle day world, Dave. We're having the same problem. Just getting yeah. parts is it's impossible it's like, to get. Stuff and and the, all the price across the board. Yeah, everything's gone up. Yeah, uh, we had a, a a recent price increase on our line on at least on some of the products because we couldn't absorb it anymore. Yeah, because I mean, the, I, I I'm I just like. Transformers. Oh, hey, our transformers <laughs> yeah. now cost forty dollars more a, a set for an amp. Yeah. That, that that's a lot to absorb. You know, we we yeah. absorbed stuff for as long as we could. Yeah, and then it was like I yeah, no, it's got to adjust slightly. Yeah, we right. tried to do it minimally, but 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 like slightly. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the way that's going on right now. Yeah. Everything. Everything. I just heard on the news about cars. That well, you can't even like if you order yeah. like I have to get a new refrigerator, right? So I'm looking at refrigerators, right? And it's like, oh, back ordered, back ordered, back ordered. <laughs> I was like, what's what's in stock? What can I get? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, carry out of here, Dolly. Back ordered to May 15th. I'm like, but I want it like next week, <laughs> hmm. which you used to be able to get next week. Right. You know, um, and That's and crazy. it's like everything. Jesus. Yeah, Matt White. Horrible. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, are the Korg Vox TB series from the 90s the best Voxes after the originals? How did the new hand wires stack against the originals TB, TBX series? You know, uh, I'm going to answer before Dave. <laughs> okay. I think so. That, like I said, that's my favorite Vox is, is that Korg. Uh, top the Korg, the Korg series was fantastic. They had a couple little flaws that would happen to them over time. Yeah, yeah no, you're um, right. They, I, they are problematic, but sonically, whew, it's it, it's phenomenal. Good. And, and you're right. The hand, hand wire ones are really, really good. I just don't like those C1s and C2. No, the, yeah, the cheaper ones, not so good. The the hand-wired ones are quite good. So yes. um, although uh, my personal thought is none of them quite do the vintage uh, yeah. box thing. So uh, my goal will be to do the vintage Vox thing when I do, <laughs> yeah. do mine. So looking uh, forward to hearing that because man, you yeah. can't get your hands on one of those nowadays. You know. Oh yeah, I'll let you know when I get a price. prototype. I'll let you know, and you can go <laughs> put it through its paces. <laughs> yeah. oh, you awesome. know, you can tell me, nah, it's not quite right. <laughs> uh, Jim from Ohio, Eric Avery's influence on Jane's addiction is severely oh. underrated. I agree. Yes, severely underrated. I mean, I Same like me. their their third album that they. A strange something or a stray something I forget or strays I forget what it was called but um yeah without a- Eric Avery it's a different band 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, their their current bass player Chris Cheney is a monster, yeah, but yeah, but but creatively, you know, he those parts were there because of him. You know, yeah, I mean, three days and all that, all those songs were like built around his bass lines. Yeah, you know, um, let's see. Deja Blue has one. Deja okay. Blue. Uh, down towards the bottom. Uh, he oh. he's there. You go. Um, it's all of the above. So, um, well, one people are buying music gear like there's no tomorrow. Okay. It's a crazy demand. Now, unfortunately, this is coupled with a crazy. Um, Lack of parts. <laughs> I mean, like literally, literally, like you, 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 it's like normal part suppliers that we would buy something from. You, you look at the website and it's depleted, and and then they go, "We got them coming, July, <laughs> July, yeah. fuck, yeah." You know, so, um, so it's a combination of both. So there's a huge demand. And, a, and because of COVID, a lot of companies have been, you know, it, it for a while it was with COVID, you, you know, you could have less workers or maybe they had to space them out more or for a while they were closed and they opened again. And there's all sorts of issues with it. Um, I mean, even, even, even us, I mean, when, I mean, when this first all happened a year ago, right. Um, and everything shut down in Los Angeles, and I mean everything. Then uh, our factory was closed for like three, four weeks, mm-hmm. and then we were kind of up in skeleton crew, sort of slightly. And then it was a little more, and then eventually we got OKs to go back uh, more. So let's say there's six weeks of time when you're not shipping the same thing you used to ship. So now you're six weeks behind. Yeah. Six weeks behind is a lot. Yeah. If you're shipping like a huge quantity per week, you know, yeah. like it, it's a lot to be behind. And during that six weeks, those orders didn't stop. So more orders compounded on top of those initial orders. So you're now you're six weeks behind and you had six weeks of orders. <laughs> so you're playing catch up. You catch up exactly you're, yeah, you're for a long up. time. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we're like fulfilling orders that were from fucking December. Wow. You know, or, or November, you know, like, um, so it's crazy. It's, it's insane, you know, like, and, and who would have known? I mean, I, I thank God, but who would have known that everyone decided to play guitar and buy things? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, didn't think, I didn't think that that's the way this was going to go. Yeah, yeah, it's right. No. I, I, you know, I'm like going, oh my God, what, you know, <laughs> the factory's closed. My money's cut off. It's done, you know. <laughs> um, Didn't work out that way. So, which is great, which is fantastic. I think that's great. I think that means more people are trying to pick up the instrument and more people are trying to learn guitar and, and you know, and I, I think that's great. Uh, maybe. And maybe it will continue that way because uh, maybe people realize that, hey, this is maybe a little more organic and a little more, um, I don't need to go out and do this stuff. I can just sit here and play my guitar, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. And maybe we'll start hearing some good music. Yeah. Yeah. 
That yeah, well, point. I would like to think that would happen. Although, you know, some of the people I talk to, uh, you know, about that, it's like, I kind of been depressed. I don't know. I can't really write anything right now. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've heard that, but there's been others that have been inspired. I mean, if you know, I, I heard Eddie Trunk talking about this. He goes, if you don't get new music from your favorite band after this, you're never getting it because we've all had <laughs> enough time to put yeah, in some right. work and, yeah. and, and do exactly. some exactly. Uh, Richard Friend, I totally agree with you. Kind of a weird analogy, but something about Steven Adler and guns is hard to match. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big Steven Adler fan. With oh, jeez. Yeah, guns absolutely. Really, yeah, I mean, there's there's something missing. I mean, I love Matt. Matt Storm's a great player. No offense to Matt Storm at all. Yeah. Steven, there's something about that. And the new guy's great, too. But, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Frank. Frank, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's great, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's great, too. But there, there is the magic to every, well, yeah. oh, of course, of course. There's a feel. There's yeah, a feel to the original yeah. record that yeah. it was five guys, the five right guys, you know, that just five right guys. Yeah. And that's the feel, man. Yeah. And that and that's yeah. the thing, man. It's just like yeah. I mean, people, you know, asked us about that, you know, Matt and myself all the time and stuff. Well, you know, this said that. I go, of course. We were we were fans of the first record too, but mm you know, bands change and hopefully the band's getting, you know, better. Like musicianship is getting better. Things are getting, you know, they're different. They're not the same. You got the first record. Thank God. It's a great <laughs> record, man. Exactly. exactly. With that band, did you really think they were going to make another one? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, you know, it was unlikely. No, no offense to records after the first record. No, no, of course. And no offense yeah. to anything, but the first record was magical. magical. And I, I, and I, uh, I'm not sure it's ever been matched. So, no, of course, of course. I mean, it, there was so many other factors at that time. I mean, if you remember, uh, you know, I mean, nobody played a Les Paul <laughs> at yeah. that time. You know, it was music was very, very different. It was so many things were were were, were different to make that a collective. You know, of the, those yeah. songs and that power of that record. You know, and and it and it changed. I mean, any any musician when success comes into play you're different you're you're not as raw as you were that yeah. first time around, yeah you know? you know i wanted to ask you uh gilby before you go um what's your opinion on modeling and ah. stuff like that and also rack gear did you ever get into rack gear so never never I'll, I'll never uh before i get to uh, one funny thing when uh in gnr when uh, we went to play the Freddie Mercury uh, tribute concert, which is one of the greatest things I've ever been a part of with, with GNR. Mm. Slash and I were walking around. I don't remember his sound check time or whatever, but you know, we're both the same as Marshall amp guitar. We really, both of us really never, he, I think had like a delay. I had nothing, <laughs> nothing. I, I might've had a, I had a C2 stereo chorus at one time I used for a little bit, but I really literally just plugged right into the amp and I, I had nothing. And when we walked around, it's like the Def Leppard guys had like refrigerators, you know, Nuno was playing. He had a refrigerator, like all these had all this stuff. And we we're looking, I go, I go, you know, I, like I, I like gear and I honestly don't know what any of that stuff is that's in there. And, and, and when I heard it, they all sounded great. I mean, I mean, the, the sounds were great, but it just felt like, you know, you're kind of going like this to get back to a Marshall. <laughs> you know, which we, you know, it, it just, it was a little odd for my thinking back then. Now, as I gotten older, I understand. I think modeling has come a long way. I mean, I think some of us 
that were more of that natural guitar player, like I said, you know, just plugging in. We got scared when we heard pods, you know, like the line six pods and things like that. You know, it's like, of course, they were they were they were fun. But we're going, that doesn't sound like a Marshall. So they, they've come a long way. And the fractals and the Kempers, I mean, I've recorded with a Kemper quite a few times. I just don't think, and I mean, I know for a fact, I actually did, just did a, 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 some song for modern artists where they had done the guitars with, the, with uh, Kempers. And, and the mixer was going, it's, the guitars aren't big enough. So I did my thing. I did a Marshall. I did a Vox. Same parts. And, and the mixer goes, thank you. It's just there's a different thing of pushing air. Not they, Look, the Kempers are fantastic. They Like I said, they've come a long way, and I hear and I go, wow. I just, me personally, it's just not my thing. I just, I, I hear it. Of course it sounds good, but it does affect the overall thing in the end. It just, everything just sounds so smooth. There's no edge to it, and I, I like the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a weight behind the real thing that doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, I I always said it's like if it's if it's a modeler and you're mixing it, yeah, uh, it's like it's too quiet. No, it's too loud. No, it's too quiet. No, it's yeah. too loud. It never sits right. Yeah, and, yeah. The um, dynamics are just uh, like I said. They've come a long way, and and that those like I said, the fractals and the Kempers are are pretty fucking amazing. But mm-hmm. you know, they're you know to me, like I said, I if you're asking me, I'm you know, plug in and push some air. Yeah. I don't think it's that hard. I, that's what I don't understand. I mean, I I learned something very early on. Uh, I was in a mix session. We had we had recut a song that the label didn't think the the original cut was good, and so we got a different producer. We recut the song, and we brought in. It was the same mixer mixed both of them, and and he goes, "Well, yeah, I mean, it's good, but you're missing that guitar part." I go, "Yeah, the guy didn't like." It. He goes, "Fuck that, put it back in." He we literally grabbed the champ amp. A 57 and a Les Paul is hanging on the wall, and I redid the part, and it sounded great. (laughs) I literally did it like 15 minutes and redid it. It wasn't the Marshall and all this kind of stuff. And 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 and, you know, he was right. It was missing. I needed it, and and that's how much time I put into it. I really think you can really take a 57 112 speaker, and you can still get a good sound. Still comes from this. You still got to play. You know, right? Absolutely. Yep. Exactly. Um. So your new album, I want to promote it. Yes, um, uh, it's called The Gospel Truth. Uh, it, it's uh, it's a solo record, so it's under my name, Gilby Clark. It's on Golden Robot Records. Comes out uh, April twenty third. There's been a couple singles already. Ah, there you go. It's been yep. a couple singles already, uh, but yeah, the full album is finally coming out, and uh, I'm pretty excited. It's ten tracks. It's very classic rock. You know, it's loud guitar, left, right. You know. And unfortunately, I'm singing. That's the only bad thing, but it, it's pretty fun. <laughs> pretty fun record. <laughs> I heard it. It sounds good. Yeah, thank uh, you. <laughs> well, the few tracks that are out, so that sounds that's great. Yeah, make sure everybody checks it out. Download it. Um, check out the music. And uh, Gilby, I I really want to thank you for coming on, man. Uh, it's really nice of you to come on the show. Um, as Dave mentioned, our next guest is Bo Hill. Yeah, so he'll be on oh, great. April 9th. And then April twenty third is Billy Duffy. Oh, uh, Billy's fantastic! What a great yeah, guy. yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And, and then, has uh, a fantastic guitar sound, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, legendary, right? Yes, yeah. incredible live. Every time he still sounds fantastic to this day. And then uh, May eighth, we've got Dan Gower. Oh, cool. So Dan will be on with us. Um, and as I've said, like multiple times. 
press subscribe and click the bell guys please and also check out sweetwater uh buy all your gear there um and that's it hang on gilby if you can uh, right while we say goodbye and uh everybody have a great weekend uh really appreciate you guys watching we've got over 300 people watching and uh hope everybody has a good week good weekend all awesome. right. thanks guys see, see you dave uh gilby hang on one second